Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB, and it is Tuesday night. We were supposed to have a game tonight, but that's tomorrow afternoon. It is six o'clock, uh, December first. It's uh, welcome to December. We have uh, a waiver wire show today. I'm pretty sure most fantasy football platforms are not doing a waiver wire run tonight. So I think what we're going to do is we're kind of, we're going to loosely kind of talk about the waiver wire. We'll look at some of the news and notes and things to be kind of just ahead of, I think most waiver wires are probably going to go through Wednesday night and maybe even Thursday night. So they're pushed back a little bit, a, a little bit this week, which is kind of a good thing. We get to see some practice reports. We'll get to see some more news and some more notes before we go all in, in this final weekend of the fantasy football regular season. So what I'm going to do here is we're just going to hop into a screen share and we'll look at the fantasyfellowship.com. I did have some uh, some Roto World notes that I wanted to pull up there. We got some good notes on George Kittle coming up. Um, so we'll get to that when we get to the tight ends. But we're just on the fantasyfellowship.com. Uh, I do have my waiver wire report up for now. I'm going to continue just because the waiver wires are pushed back. I'm going to continue adding to this list uh, probably throughout the day. And we might even talk a little bit about it tomorrow night. Um, so for now, you guys can check out all the injuries that I think I'm going to be watching this weekend. Uh, we heard some good things on Josh Jacobs this week. It doesn't seem that serious. I'm checking out on Todd Gurley. We'll see about DeAndre Swift, uh, Julio Jones, Kenny Galladay, DJ Chark, DJ Moore. He's on by, so that's a little less important. But Julio, Kenny, and DJ Chark, these are all big name wide receivers that we're watching. And then we got some guys here that are eligible to return from IR. And we just heard some really good – I just read a really good uh, news blurb on the 49ers, George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to hop over to this real quick. But uh, I'll read the whole thing here. So George Kittle, broken foot, is very optimistic about returning this season. They uh, The quote is, they said eight weeks, I said six. He's been sidelined for four weeks so far. So he says, I'm excited. The last couple of days have definitely progressed forward and made me very optimistic about returning to the field of play. If you'd asked me six days ago, I would have been a little less optimistic. So it's been a really good week for him. It sounds like weeks 15 against the Cowboys would be an absolute absolute best case scenario for the seam stretcher. And week 16 is a little bit more likely. So that's fantasy championships. We might be getting George Kittle back. So guys, if you... Uh, have if you have any league where he's out there, he is worth a stash this week. I know I've been probably saying this for the last handful of weeks. Uh, the leagues that I play in, I was actually able to pick him up and put him on my IR in a redraft league. So George Kittle coming back, that's that's fantastic news. Hopefully week 15, but it sounds like week 16 is going to be likely. So good news there on George Kittle. Uh, just looking at my quarterback streaming options, I don't know why there's a space here. Uh, but let's just assume Taysom Hill is likely owned. I think he's probably owned in probably 90% plus of uh, of leagues here. But you got Ryan Tannehill up against the Cleveland Browns. I really like that uh, position there. Let me just kind of pull up some of the, the fantasy points allowed here by position. And we'll just filter it by ESPN because I know that's four-point passing touchdowns. Um, so the Seahawks are playing better, but they still allow the most fantasy points to the position here. What's going on, Harris? Thanks for hanging out tonight, man. But uh, we're just kind of going over quarterbacks here. The top five teams that you still want to target, I guess, if you're streaming quarterbacks, the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Jaguars, the Jets, and the Titans. We were just talking about Ryan Tannehill. The Browns are down here. They allow uh, about 18 and a half points per game. So I do like Ryan Tannehill. He's a guy that is likely available in your league. Otherwise, Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back against Cincinnati here. I think we're going to see Tua Tagovailoa uh, sit at least one more week. <clears throat> this team's in playoff contention, so I think they're going to keep riding with Ryan Fitzpatrick until uh, Tua is like 100%. We have no issues with his thumb. 
And then you got Kirk Cousins here. Uh, the the super interesting part about Kirk Cousins that I really liked is uh, when I was just kind of going over my uh, my opportunity report. I mean, the dude threw for 300 yards against the Carolina Panthers, and he didn't have Adam Thielen. You know, it was all Justin Jefferson. It actually wasn't all Justin Jeff- Jefferson. Of the 307 yards, only 70 of these were, were Justin Jefferson yards. I guess he did get the two touchdowns, but a really good passing day from Kirk Cousins here. We see Chad Beebe and Ola B.C. Johnson both have a pretty good day here. So for some reason, <clears throat> the Panthers, they get those two weird uh, defensive touchdowns, and the Vikings have to throw the ball a little bit more. Dalvin Cook was kind of in and out of the lineup. So we did see Kirk Cousins have a pretty nice game. <clears throat> and now he plays Jacksonville, who, um, they, I mean, they just let Baker Mayfield have a pretty nice, uh, a pretty nice game this weekend. So uh, we got Harris asking, what defense should we pick up this week? Um, I got a couple names here <clears throat> towards the bottom of the list. So assuming, let's just try to make this, uh, I'm assuming Pittsburgh is probably the number one owned defense. Miami's probably owned by now. The Saints have probably been scooped up by now as well. The Chiefs, the Bears, the Ravens, maybe the Vikings going up against Jacksonville. If anyone hasn't picked up the Packers, D, I really like uh, Green Bay at home versus the Philadelphia Eagles who have, you know, Carson Wentz has the most turnovers. He has the most sacks. So Green Bay at home, Assuming I'm assuming someone picked them up to play against the Bears last weekend, so you're probably not going to see that. I think one defense that people aren't really, you know, I think they're sleeping on them is going to be the Seattle Seahawks here going up against the Giants. And Daniel Jones, man, I don't think we're going to see Daniel Jones. So if, if you had to pull one of the teams off this list. I mean, I, I like all the matchups above here, but those guys are probably owned. I think Seattle Seahawks defense might be uh, one of the easier tar- uh, targets to get for us this week. It went up against the Giants. It's at home. And this defense has been actually playing some pretty good football lately. The last two games, I mean, they blew up the the, the Eagles offense last night pretty well, but everyone's kind of doing that. But they also stopped Kyler Murray two, two Thursdays ago. So I do like Seahawks as a team that should be available um, <clears throat> the Chiefs are available, and you have the Saints. Uh, I do like the Saints, but I guess if you can if you can get the the Chiefs, one of my favorite criteria for get, picking up a defense is 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 that team going to win games? So like the Chiefs, the Steelers, you know, you want a team that's going to compete for 10, 12 plus wins. And I think the Chiefs right now they did kind of give up a lot of points to the Raiders, but going up against Denver, Drew Locke is probably going to be back. He has been turning the ball over pretty generously, so I do think the Chiefs are a team that you want to kind of stash and hold on to. Let me just take a quick peek at the Chiefs' remaining schedule. I know they do play the Saints coming up soon, but I mean, we'll see if Taysom Hill is going to be the quarterback in that game, but they do play Denver. They also play Miami, and then um looking like a game against Atlanta down here. So I do like the Chiefs' uh, defense quite a bit. They have given up 31 points in a couple games, 24. So they are allowing a little bit more points than we would like. But in a game against Denver, Miami, I'm not really exactly scared of these offenses at the moment right now. So I do like the Chiefs. If you can get the Chiefs, I think that's a pretty smooth pretty smooth move. Uh, but I guess I do feel pretty comfortable about Seattle going up against the Giants here without probably Daniel Jones. I think it's going to be Colt McCoy there. So if you can't get the Chiefs, I think I think Seahawks would be in a really nice consolation there. Um, so we were just kind of talking about some of the quarterbacks. We'll go back to the top here. So if you're, if you're looking to stream a quarterback here, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Kirk Cousins, <sighs> Derek Carr, it's going to be so hard to trust. But I think if you can get one of these top four guys, I definitely would 
uh, be interested in streaming one of those players. If you guys need help with quarterbacks, you guys can uh, can fire those questions away. But uh, it's, I don't know what I'm going to do for tomorrow night's show, but Thursday, I think that's when I'm going to do my start-sit show. Um, so we'll get into all the, the individual matchups and we'll look a little bit more closely into that. But I guess if you're looking for quarterbacks to pick up this week, uh, just let me know in the comments. And then I guess for super flex leagues, I play in a lot of super flex leagues. I don't know what you guys play, uh, but that's kind of the last couple of years. My more more and more leagues are shifting to super flex leagues. So I'm keeping an eye out for guys like Gardner Minshew. I think Mike Glennon looked good enough last week where he could get another start here. But I'm, I'm always curious if Gardner Minshew, if we're going to see him again this year. I already pointed out that Daniel Jones is probably not going to play this weekend. So you're going to see Colt McCoy. If you're if you're desperate at, at you know quarterback too, Colt McCoy becomes interesting. Alex Smith will have a little bit of a tough matchup against the Steelers here, so I don't really like it, but maybe a touchdown, a uh, couple hundred yards out of there. Drew Locke coming back against Kansas City, that might be a struggle game for the Broncos offense again. And then you got Nick Mullins playing up against Buffalo. I do think Buffalo. This one's in. San Francisco, which is actually in Arizona. So it, I think it's going to be a decent game for the 49ers offense. Again, they got Raheem Mostert back, Debo Samuel, and now they're going to get Brandon Ayuk back. So the 49ers offense, guys, I think I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty fun fantasy investment for the rest of the season, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back. But it appears Nick Mullins can, can actually make Debo Samuel float. We'll see Raheem Mostert continue to get touches. Um, and then you got Sam Darnold. I mean, these are just like these are desperation plays where I don't even feel comfortable starting them. But if you need the help, those would be the quarterbacks that we're looking at. And then I guess the most important part of a waiver wire show is going to be the running backs here. So I guess before we get into, I mean, I always have my list of following RBs who are likely owned but might be available in your league. And then I always list my my priority running backs that should be available. But before we get to that, I kind of wanted to just uh, used ESPN's, uh, I guess, stats from last week. And I'm just curious to see if anything sticks out. So I'm just kind of filtering by total carries. Wayne Gallman, this guy sticks out a lot. He ended up with 24 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. He also caught three passes here on five targets. So, I mean, if Wayne, I, I'm assuming Wayne Gallman's owned. He's about, actually, he's, on, he's less than 60% owned. So if you need Wayne Gallman, I know it's going to be a tough matchup against Seattle next weekend, but with a backup quarterback, you got to think, they're going to try to get him the ball as much as they can again. So I could easily see, I mean, 27 touches in this one against the Bengals. I could see 20 touches or so against Seattle. So I do like Wayne Gallman a lot. He's getting a ton of volume. And then you got Latavius Murray here with 19 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns. I've kind of been hinting at Latavius Murray being more involved down the stretch as the season goes on. And uh, we, we talked about it at a good length on last night's show where you see we're seeing Latavius like here, Latavius Murray and Jamal Williams. These guys are priority handcuffs where if, if either of these two are available, I want them on my team because even with like Kamara healthy and Aaron Jones healthy, these guys are, are basically RB2, like really low end RB2s with some flex value. Uh, if you look at Latavius Murray, I mean, the last two weeks he's starting to come on. Uh, but even on a, on a worst case scenario, his worst game is six, seven points. Like if you needed to whip him out there for a desperation kind of situation, he can still get you some fantasy points. But as the season gets on here, uh, the Saints and the Packers are both thinking Super Bowl, right? So it makes sense to me for them to want to limit Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones in games that were there. If they're ahead, you know, two touchdowns going into the fourth quarter, we're probably going to see more Latavius Murray, more Jamal Williams. So that just makes sense to me. Latavius is only owned in about 46% of fantasy leagues on ESPN. 
And then looking at Jamal Williams, he actually ended up with 17 carries and uh, he's about 46% owned as well. But the thing about Jamal Williams is the Packers schedule coming up. I mean, Philadelphia at home, Detroit, Carolina, we should expect Green Bay to handle themselves fairly, fairly well in the next three games. So I think we could see uh, quite a bit of production out of Jamal Williams. And again, only 46% owned. I think he could even be low-end RB2 kind of flex-worthy uh, for a good amount of time here. Uh, some other guys that stuck out here was, I mean, Damien Harris, still 14 carries, 47 yards. Not really the output that you wanted to see there, especially with James White getting the touches or the touchdowns in the goal line. Uh, but Sony Michelle was a non-thought. He was only on the field for one snap. So I do think Damien Harris is still worth the hold. And a low-end RB2 flex play at best. But then uh, I guess there's a couple guys here that stick out quite a bit. And it's uh, Miami's DeAndre Washington. Uh, let me just pop over to the opportunity report here. Um, so the Miami backfield, we're expecting Miles Gaskin back, right? Um, he can be, I think he's eligible to be activated. I think it was last week. They didn't activate him this week. So we'll, we'll be watching him this week. If he's not activated, uh, you see the, the Miami running back situation went DeAndre Washington, 34 snaps, 48% of the snaps. Brita down here at 32%, Bowden 31. So they ended up using like five running backs here. But DeAndre Washington gets about half the snaps. He gets 13 rushing attempts and five targets. So that's, I mean, if, if he gets this again, I'm going to be interested in him down the stretch. I don't know if Miles Gaston can be back, but this is definitely a guy that I'm keeping an eye on. He's still kind of new to the team, but I mean, he's getting snaps over guys that have been there, whether it's Matt Breida, Bowden, Laird, Perry, all these guys have been there longer than him. So the Miami backfield is something to keep an eye on. And uh, I do have DeAndre Washington on the list here. I also have both Atlanta running backs, Ido Smith and Brian Hill. I don't really like trusting the Falcons running backs. It seems like, well, one, we don't know what's going on with Todd Gurley. So I'm not really sure I love investing in Ido Smith or Brian Hill. I think I would much prefer uh, investing in guys like guys like James White. We know that he is the pass catching back in New England, and he ends up getting two two goal line carries for touchdowns. So James White coming out of nowhere, kind of vulturing the the Damian Harris Rex Burkhead touchdowns that we have seen in the past. So James White, if uh, I'm just curious, let's see what James White's um, let's take a look and see what James White's percent roster ship is here. So again, he scores two touchdowns last week. Less than 50% owned in ESPN League. So James White is a player who is stacking some, some double-digit games here. They play the Chargers, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the and Buffalo Bills. So it's not a scary schedule. And as long as he's getting – I mean, he only had one reception last week. So this might be an outlier. If he's if he's back to getting his normal, you know, four or five catches per game, I think James White could be a guy that helps us down the stretch. Um, just out of curiosity, Frank Gore. This was a guy that was high on the list for total rushing attempts. You see Frank Gore towards the top here. It looks like he was seventh best on the day in rushing attempts with 18 for 74 uh, in a game where they lost three to 20. Like he is, he is game script proof. I mean, they had no reason to be running the ball 18 times with Frank Gore, but they do it anyways. So 18 for 74, three for 12 receiving. Uh, I'll take that, 11.6 points. If you need help, Frank Gore, let's see what his percent roster ship is. It's 18.9. So there's a good chance Frank Gore is available in your league. If you need a really dirty RB2, he could be uh, a pretty safe double-digit floor guy for you. What's going on, Fabian? Thanks for hanging out, man. Uh, we're just kind of going over some running backs 
And uh, just looking at the waiver wire report here. And then the other guy here that I kind of, I think I've been talking about him for at least two weeks now. Uh, and as a Josh Jacobs owner, Devontae Booker has been a priority for me the last couple of weeks. I made sure I got him and held on to him because we do kind of think of Josh Jacobs being a really good bruising back. He's a big back that takes a lot of hits and he missed some time last year towards the end of the season. And I think, um, the guy that's on the Dolphins now, DeAndre Washington, kind of stepped in and was an RB1, RB2 to finish the year. So I've been kind of keeping an eye on Devontae Booker the last few weeks. He's looked good. Uh, he scored a few touchdowns in the last in the month of November. And uh, this week, we do know that Josh Jacobs has an ankle sprain. Raiders are playing the Jets. Who knows how much they really need to get Josh Jacobs on the field in this one. So I have a feeling Devontae Booker is probably going to be an RB2 flex-worthy guy. Uh, we'll see if the Raiders can bounce back as a whole team. I mean, they just kind of crapped the bed last week against Atlanta. I think they're going to have a sour taste in their mouth, and they're going to want to try to make sure they get uh, their offense rolling. So I'm, I'm a pretty interested in Devontae Booker here. And then I guess I just I have a couple other handcuffs here. Um, if, you're, if your team is in good shape and you can hold on to a guy, uh, I, I always like to be a week or two ahead on a player. So like I held Devontae Booker for the last two weeks. And now that uh, now now that I have him, I don't need to battle somebody on the waiver wire for him. So the guys that I'm looking ahead for now, it's going to be Jeff Wilson, because we know that Raheem Mostert is back, but he's been kind of in and out of the lineup all year. So I do like Jeff Wilson. They did give him a good amount of touches last week as well. Benny Snell, the handcuff for James Conner, and then Tony Pollard, the handcuff for Ezekiel Elliott. So if any of these guys are available, I think they're worth holding on to here. So how are uh, how are Fabian's kickers? Got Young Hui Ku, and I mean, you got the best two kickers in the league, man. So if you're carrying two kickers, I mean, I I, I would prefer. I guess I'm hoping these are kickers in different leagues, but as far as kickers go, you got the two that instantly came to mind. If I want a kicker, those are the two guys that I want. So if they're not one and two, they're probably like what one and three or top both top five kickers. So I think you're pretty set there. Uh, moving on to receivers here. Um, so I list the following receivers are likely owned, but might be available in your league. So that's, you know, Marvin Jones, Sterling Shepard, Corey Davis, Debo Samuel. I think he should be the top guy on the list because for some reason here, I want to filter actually, let's filter by targets. I think this is a really interesting thing here. The guy that led the league in targets last week was Austin Eckler with 16. So 11 for 85. So ooh, Austin Eckler, glad to have you back, buddy. But Debo Samuel down here with 13 targets, he goes 11 for 133. And just out of curiosity, Debo Samuel, he's about 61% owned. So there's a really small chance that he's available in your league. But if he is, like this is the guy that you'd want to kind of blow the rest of your bank on. Debo Samuel, I mean, he's he's basically a running back playing receiver. They love to get him the ball quickly and, and creative ways. So I'm a huge Debo Samuel fan. We're also going to see Brandon Ayuk back. So if there's any chance that Ayuk was uh, let go during his little COVID recently in the last couple of weeks. I do think Brandon Ayuk is on the list somewhere. Yep, he's actually the number one guy on the list. So uh, before we get into the receivers, I kind of wanted to just look at some of these numbers and see what sticks out to me. Uh, really cool DK Metcalf up there with the 10 for 177, a career high game last night. That was really fun to see. Um, anything else stick out as far as low end guys? Um, I mean, Hunter Renfro with nine targets, that's a little weird. Um, nothing too crazy in terms of, of targets, but I did notice that the Jacksonville Jaguars have a receiver here, a rookie wide receiver who led the team in targets. He had eight targets. He catches four for 96 and a touchdown. His name's Colin Johnson. Uh, he hasn't really done much that year. I think, yeah, he scored one touchdown early in the season, but because DJ Chark was out, 
and he might continue to be out, but the dude plays Minnesota and Tennessee coming up, which is two really like poor secondaries. I do think that Mike Glennon could have himself some like Mike Glennon's probably a quarterback too in Superflex leagues the next two games with Minnesota and Tennessee on the schedule. And if he's going to be favoring Colin Johnson here, who is he's a prototypical like big big receiver, kind of similar to DJ Chark, Mike Evans. He's a go up and kind of get it guy. And I do think that if you need help at receiver, or especially if you have DJ Chark, you should probably take a look at Colin Johnson just because he's very similar in body type and just build. Um, looking on down here a little bit towards uh, – so I know it's the Jets receivers, but both Rashad Perriman and Denzel Mims, both guys saw eight targets with Sam Darnold. Rashad Perriman goes four for 79. Denzel Mims goes four for 67. So both guys are over double digits here. And the thing about Rashad Perriman is he's had three straight games, uh, 11.9, 13.4, 27.1. Uh Rashad Perriman's only 14% owned, and I know it's the Jets, but they play the Raiders, the Seahawks. I don't know if we'll trust him against the Rams, but then he finishes with Cleveland. So I'm kind of just, you know, just looking under all the rocks right now, and I think there might be uh, some value with the Jets receivers, Rashad Perriman, and then maybe Denzel Mims too, because the same thing with him is, and I know it's been with Flacco and with with Darnold, but I mean, it's really low, just 10 points the last three straight games. But uh, it's something that I've been I'm keeping an eye on there. So monitor those Jets receivers. Um, is this the last week? Um, so do we trust Alvin Kamara this week and that he'll be healthy all week? Um, so we know that they play the Atlanta Falcons. I think that one's in Atlanta as well. Let me just pull up. Uh, let's just go pull up the, the opportunity report. Look at the snap counts. So New Orleans Saints. So even though, I mean, this was a game where, I mean, 31 to three, it's frustrating that Alvin Kamara didn't do anything in this one. Uh, but again, 11 for 54, two targets, one catch for negative two yards. So uh, I just, the thing with Alvin Kamara is I know he just got our team, what, six points. But I think if, if, as soon as we bench him, we're going to be pretty frustrated that we did. Uh, looking back to his game against Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, he did fall into the end zone on that one as well. He didn't have a catch in that one. Uh, but I, I have a feeling that the Falcons are going to give him a little bit more run for their money this time around. They actually just, you know, they got a, a huge confidence boost win against the Raiders last weekend. So I'm hoping Alvin Kamara can at least hit double digits in this one. I think they got to find a way to get him more targets. But again, because... I mean, they only threw the ball 16 times. They didn't really have to do anything in this one. So I'm not panicking just yet. If uh, if, if we get in one more game of Alvin Kamara, you know, failing to be like, you know, six, seven points, I think that's when we're going to worry and start to, to really think about putting him in our lineups. Uh, but he's still, I mean, he's still getting about 50% of the snaps and he's still getting a good amount of touches here. And I do think that maybe some of these touchdowns that Taysom Hill is getting, maybe some of those will go towards Kamara at some point. So, uh, I, I do think I'm going to trust Alvin Kamara for at least one more week. And if he doesn't come through for us, then we will, then we'll, we'll we can revisit this. Um, so what is this question for? Is this the last week? Uh, it's the last week of the regular season. We're going to continue doing these, uh, these videos throughout. Um, cause I, basically all the leagues that I play in, they go, you know, through week 16, week 17 does not count. So I'm going to continue doing these throughout the rest of the month here. But uh, we're just kind of going over some of the waiver wire stuff. If you guys have any other like specific questions, we can we can shout those out here. Uh, but I do have uh, the, in the YouTube link there should be the link to the 
waiver wire report. Again, I'm going to continue because the waiver wires are being pushed back this week. I'm going to continue to add to this list and, and maybe I'll add some specific notes and things like that. Um, so if you guys do have any questions, um, comment on the video or hit me up on Twitter. We can, we can uh, look more directly at your situations. But uh, some other receivers here that I'm, I'm looking into, uh, I just talked about Colin Johnson here for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but then you also have Keelan Cole and LaVisca Chanel, just because I'm not sure if, if uh, DJ Chark is going to play this weekend. It's a really juicy game against Minnesota. We just saw, I mean, basically DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel all had more than, you know, they were all over double digits last week. So I do think there's room for a couple Jags receivers to be useful for fantasy this weekend. So if you need a wide receiver three or flex, I do think that you could have uh, some, some good luck here. Let me just pull up the Jaguars opportunities here. So Keelan Cole led the team with 94% snaps, LaVisca 91%, Colin Johnson 80%. So they pretty much just left these three dudes on the field at all times with James Robinson. So it's a really simple offense to project. Uh, six targets for Keelan Cole, four for LaVisca. He also got a carry. And then again, Colin Johnson, eight targets, four for 96 and a touchdown. So I think there's some value here in the Jags passing attack. Um, so is RG3 going to start or is it McSorley? I'm pretty sure it's Robert Griffin III. Uh, I didn't. I haven't heard anything about McSorley. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be RG3. And then I, I think we're still waiting to see if if our guy J.K. Dobbins and the other one, Mark Ingram, if those guys are going to be available. Uh, I'm just curious here if if Baltimore has put out any practice reports. Um, so this is still saying week 13. So I'm not really sure how I can see the practice reports here. Um, but I do know that Baltimore practiced today and they did rule out a couple guys. So I, I think this game is still going to be on track again. It's going to be, for me, it's two forty central time, which is going to be weird. I'll be working at the end of the day and just watching football. So, uh, that's pretty cool, but we'll take it. Um, so we're kind of, if you guys have more questions, keep firing them up in the chat room. Otherwise I'm just going to kind of keep talking about some of these wide receivers. Uh, the other receiver here that I do like. And it's in Buffalo. It's Gabriel Davis. We have seen that John Brown is on IR, and he's out for at least two more games. And the thing with Gabriel Davis is he's on the field a lot. So let's pull up his opportunity report. So Gabe Davis was the leading receiver in snaps for Buffalo on Sunday, 97%. I guess he tied Stephon Diggs, 60 snaps and 60 snaps. Only four targets, but this is kind of a big play receiver where he goes three for 79 and a touchdown. This is kind of what he's you know been doing all years. He's not a high volume guy, but he has the ability to make some really big boom plays. And uh, in a game where Buffalo is going to, I mean, this is going to be a tough game against San Francisco. We'll see if they can, if they can gut it out, but I have a feeling Stefan Diggs is going to be busy with either Richard Sherman or uh, I can't remember his name, Jason Barrett. So we'll see what the rookie can do against San Francisco. I'm probably not like trusting him to start, but I'm definitely keeping my eye on him uh, as we get closer. I guess next week the fantasy playoffs start, so we need to kind of start stashing some players. Uh, so Harris asks, is Noah Fant a good player to drop if I have Travis Kelsey? Um, I don't see a, a need to hold on to Noah Fant. If, if you want to add uh, another player or like if there's a running back out there that I think you would like to hold on to for the fantasy playoff run, I think I would totally do it. I mean, you're not moving Travis Kelsey out of your lineup and you're probably not putting Noah Fant out there as a flex option. 
Um, just out of curiosity, I just want to see. So I know last week was like an absolute train wreck for all Broncos players, but uh, I'm just curious what our guy Noah Fant has looked like uh, besides that game. So in just terms of PPR, I mean, I'm probably not starting these numbers as a flex at all either. So I think it's totally okay to dump Noah Fant or, I mean, I don't know if your trade window has closed, but if you can sell him, maybe you can get a, a, a decent flex player back from him as well. But uh, I don't really see a lot of value in holding on to Fant as long as you have Kelsey, man. So really, really having Travis Kelsey this year is just one of those uh, colossal advantages that I mean, you probably took him in the second round, maybe even the third round, who knows. Uh, but just having Travis Kelsey compared to everybody else's tight ends right now is a massive advantage. Um, so, yeah, he's not moving from our lineups. Um, so other receivers here that I'm interested in keeping an eye on, we talked about the Jets receivers. I did put uh, – I don't have Brashad Perriman. I'll probably add Brashad Perriman to this list. I'm probably more excited about Perriman than I am Mims. Uh, but some other receivers here, Sammy Watkins going up against Denver this weekend. If you do need a wide receiver, let's just type in Sammy Watkins. I'm just curious about his percent ownership. So Sammy Watkins, he's under 35% owned, so there's a good chance that he is available. And then if we quick look at the opportunity report from last weekend, uh, again, he was going up against Tampa Bay, and it was his first game back, so like we had limited expectations. Uh, but he comes out and gets 72% of the snaps. You know, he's behind DeMarcus or he's tied with DeMarcus Robinson for number two, obviously behind Tyree Kill. But he comes out and sees seven targets, four for 38. Um, so I, I do think, I mean, a 7.8 floor if he goes back out uh, and catches a touchdown next week, and that wouldn't surprise me. So I do think Sammy Watkins, because he's in the Chiefs offense attached to Mahomes, he's worth a end of the bench spot for future decisions. Uh, we got a question from Fabian real quick. Uh, can I still make playoffs with a 4-8 and eight team, or is my season done? Um, that depends on the format of your fantasy playoffs. Um, assuming if this is a 10 or 12-team league, um, typically my leagues allow the last team, sometimes it's the last one or two teams into the playoffs, they get in on, on fantasy points scored. So if you have that kind of built into your – I mean, talk to your, your league manager or your commissioner uh, and just see what the format is. Uh, in my, and usually in my leagues, we allow the last person or the last two teams in on points. So if you have a, a four and eight team and you just had some bad luck, but you have put up a lot of points, I would assume you have a good opportunity to sneak in on points. But I guess just check with your with your manager or you could also, I guess, you know, kind of rifle through the settings and see what's up. But a four and eight team, it, it shouldn't make it on record. But uh, I guess based on points, like in the past, like I've I had a team that was. I think we went four and nine one year and we made the playoffs. I've had a team that was five and eight and we made the playoffs just in on point. So it's really all about your structure of your league. Uh, but moving on back to receivers here, I do think Marquez Valdez Scantling does like he belongs to be on the end of your bench if, if he's rolling pretty good and it really just takes him one play to make your day. And then same thing with Alan Lazard. I think you both want at this point in the season, you want to collect good players if they're available and they're on good teams. So Steelers, Chiefs, Packers, Seahawks. I mean, no one's really going to cut any of the Seahawks, but um, basically any good offense that's, you know, the third or fourth guy, maybe if someone gets cut, I think I'm really interested in collecting good offensive pieces. And then with the Will Fuller news, 
And Randall Cobb is also on IR with the toe injury, and they also cut Kenny Stills. So all of a sudden, they're down to three receivers, Brandon Cooks, Kiki Cutie, and Isaiah Culture. I'll probably add Culture to this list, uh, but it's looking really, really slim for the Houston Texans. Let me just scroll up here, and we'll see what they did last week. So Will Fuller's gone. He's leaving behind 47 snaps. That's going to go almost directly to Kiki Cutie, who, I mean, he's probably not going to be – uh, a wide receiver one like Wolf Fuller has been this season, but he's a pretty good slot player. He could be upwards of, you know, five, six catches per game, something like that. Uh, I'm not sure I know much about Steven Mitchell, but we'll see who the third and the fourth receiver are. But if you do need someone that has a lot of upside here that we just, it's kind of hidden, like we don't really know what it is. Kiki Cutie should be able to step right in and uh, I guess be the number two receiver for sure on this team. So if you want to look there, I do think Kiki Cutie could be of help to us. Um, so we got Harris asking, would Curtis Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Devontae Parker be good to put at the flex during playoffs? Okay, so let's look at this. Um, this all sounds pretty good to me. Um, I'm trying to think here. So do you have to decide between all three of these guys just for one spot? Or is it, are we kind of you know using two spots for three dudes? Or, or I guess what's the exact format here? Uh, let's first look at the – I'm going to pull up the Dolphins schedule. Let's look at Miami. Let's load this up. So Miami schedule the next couple games. I mean, going up against Cincinnati this weekend, we're not going to – I guess you're, you're going to use him for sure in that game. The Chiefs game is a little tough. The Patriots game might be a little tough. The Raiders, though, we really like the Raiders game here. I'm probably going to continue as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick's the quarterback. So all three for one spot. So you're going to have to make your decisions uh, every week, and you only get one of these guys. Wow. Okay. So uh, I guess this is a really good problem to have. You have three really good options that you're trying to cram one of them into one spot. So I think this is a good problem to have. Uh, I'm probably rolling out. Devontae Parker for sure against the Raiders. Uh, but with Parker, a lot of it is dependent on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm going to like all my Dolphins pieces a little bit more if Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter. Um, so with the Chiefs, Patriots, and the Raiders on the schedule, I, I feel okay with Devontae Parker. I like him from the Raider game. Uh, we'll see what the – let's take a look at the Panthers and the Steelers schedule for those games. Um, the thing with Curtis Samuel too, though, is DJ Morris got a little bit of an ankle issue right now. They're on by this weekend, so they're still holding out hope that DJ Moore can come back. But for the fantasy playoffs, you're going to get uh, Curtis Samuel against the Broncos, the Packers, and Washington. Uh, and I think at this point, Curtis Samuel has shown to be a pretty reliable guy where his worst game is probably, what, like 8 to 10 points in the PPR league? And his upsides, you know, he's been getting 20-point games pretty regularly the last month or two. So I do think the Broncos present, present a really good start for him. I like him over Devontae Parker against the Chiefs. So I do like – I like Curtis here. Uh, I'm interested in Curtis Samuel against the Packers. They have allowed, you know, some of the quicker, twitchier receivers to have a good game or two. Um, so I do like Curtis probably more than Parker here. And then I think I'm still going to lean Parker for Week 16. Um, so let's quick take a peek at the Steelers schedule. Um. So Juju going up against Washington, that's kind of a tough game next week. The Washington football team is actually one of the best teams against the wide receivers in terms of fantasy points. Uh, but then you're going to get Juju going up against the Bills and the Bengals. So we might have to – we're probably going to use like one of these guys in each week here. So I think I like Curtis Samuel week 14 against the Broncos. I think I like Juju 
week four or week 15 against the Bengals. And I think I like Parker week 16 against the, uh, uh, who did they play? The Raiders. So it's going to basically the order that you have them typed in, I'm going to do Samuel week 14, Juju 15, Parker 16. I think that's as of right now, that's how I would play it. It depends on if Ryan Fitzpatrick quarterback, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, so Fabian's asking start Wilson or Rivers this weekend. Um, so Russell Wilson, who does our guy play here? I'm unfamiliar with the Seahawks. The Seahawks are playing the Giants, I think. Uh, and then you got the the Philip Rivers. They're playing the Texans this week. Uh, so let's just kind of pull up and see what Philip Rivers has been doing. I mean, just based on like name weight and value alone i think it'd be kind of crazy to 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 bench russell wilson um because if i mean if, if you're asking me who's got more potential to to go out and toss four touchdowns and 350 yards i think everyone knows it's gonna be wilson so i would hate for you to miss out on one of those games whereas it looks like it looks like rivers is starting to, to establish a pretty high floor here he's been almost 300 yards for three straight games he's thrown a touchdown in every game basically six touchdowns in his last three games. So he's, he's starting to, to figure things out. And they did, they, I mean, they play Houston this weekend and I just, I don't think Houston's that great of a defense They kind of limited Matt Stafford last weekend, but the offense is playing well. I do think Jonathan Taylor is going to be back. So maybe they run the ball a little bit more this week. Uh, but I think for me, I'm, I'm still going to go with Russell Wilson against the New York giants. I mean, you're also, when you start Russell Wilson, you're also starting DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Uh, David Moore's had some moments. You're also starting the tight ends and the, in the running backs in the, in the passing game. So uh, I would stick with my studs. Don't try to get too cute with it. I think Russell Wilson, even a bad game from Russell Wilson, he's still going to get you 200 yards and a touchdown uh, at minimum. So he's the safer play there. Um, so Turner here. Thanks for hanging out, man. Should we flex Wayne Gallman, Corey Davis, or Jarvis Landry? So Wayne Gallman going up against the Seahawks. We noted earlier in the show that Wayne Gallman had 24 carries. Uh, I think it was 94 yards and a touchdown. He also caught three passes. So that's a huge, insane volume game, 27 total touches. We're probably going to see Colt McCoy start for the Giants this weekend, so that makes me a little bit more nervous about the Giants' offensive output, but I actually think it helps Wayne Gallman because they're just going to probably – try to run the ball a little bit more and not have to rely on Colt McCoy. So Wayne Gallman seems like a really safe, like high floor guy. And he's also got that touchdown, the touchdown streak going on for him. Uh, I think he's scored, what is it? Probably six touchdowns in the last five games now. So Wayne Gallman uh, appears to be the safest of that group there. And uh, I'm just kind of curious what our guy Corey Davis has been humming along. So the problem with Corey Davis is he's not a volume player. He's very touchdown or big play dependent. So last weekend, he only had three targets. Luckily, he caught all three of them for 70 yards. But basically, every game that he's played, he's been over double digits. Uh, and I believe the they're going to be playing the Cleveland Browns, which is a really good matchup here. So maybe, man, I'm just kind of looking at this. And Corey Davis has been playing pretty well for us. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he'll get us double digits here. So I think uh, let's just pull up what the Cleveland. So it's the Titans uh, and the Browns. I think it's in Tennessee this weekend. So let's just pull this up here. I'm going to see uh, what the Cleveland Browns are allowing for PPR points to the wide receiver. I think it's going to be a really good day for the Titans offense. Um, we do see the Cleveland Browns are the 10th worst team 
allowing about 40 PPR points to the wide receiver. I'm just curious what they've been kind of doing lately. Um, so, I mean, they let the they let the the Jaguars, Colin Johnson, rookie wide receiver, get 19.6, uh, but they did limit. I mean, Jalen Reger, Brandon Cooks, they kind of limited some receivers here. Um, so, I'm interested in Corey Davis. I think. Uh, especially because you got Jarvis Landry on the opposite side of that one. And Landry, we just had Landry pop off for a really big game. I think Landry is probably got the, the like the widest range of outcomes where I don't know if I'm comfortable. And we just got a really big game out of Jarvis Landry. I would hate for us to start him back out. And, and you know, you get like the three for 32 or something like that. So in terms of safety, I'm going to go with, with Wayne Gallman. Um, if you're feeling risky, I think I'm going to prefer Corey Davis just because I like Ryan Tannehill's passing output better than Baker Mayfield. So I think based on how it is on the screen, I'm going to go Wayne Gallman safest, Corey Davis if you're feeling risky, and then Jarvis Landry, I guess, if you're feeling a little bit more risky. Uh, but again, I'm just kind of banking on the volume from Wayne Gallman. And then I like the Titans offense better than the Browns passing offense. Um, so we're not sure if Freeman's back. Well, tomorrow will be a, a really important day as far as practice reports. If Freeman's practicing and coming back, I still think Gallman has kind of that backfield locked up. And, and they're, they, if anything, they would ease Freeman back into the lineup. They're not going to like just push him back into 20 touches or something. Uh, so I think Gallman's earned it. He's looked pretty good. I wouldn't be too worried about Wayne Gallman's uh, volume from, from Devonta Freeman there. So would you drop David Johnson? I've had him on IR for several weeks, and his schedule looks tough. Uh, great show. Thanks for uh, thanks for that, man. Thanks for hanging out tonight. Um, so, David Johnson, let's uh, since you mentioned the schedule, let's quick take a look at the Texans schedule coming up. Another thing, too, man, is I mean they lose Will Fuller. That uh, that that really hurts Deshaun Watson and the passing efficiency. So I'm I'm getting nervous about all my Texans. Uh, but the Colts, the Bears, the Colts. Oh no! And then the, I mean the Bengals is nice. Um, I mean, I don't think David Johnson, like, if, say, David Johnson's back this weekend, are you going to start him against the Colts? Um, I, I probably wouldn't recommend it as a RB2 flex. I don't think I'd feel comfortable with it. And then you got the Bears game, which just that also feels risky. And then you get the Colts again. So, I mean, weeks 14, 15, or weeks 13, 14, 15, I'm probably not going to want to use David Johnson. I would totally be, especially if there's a guy on the waiver wire that you really, really like. And you can see yourself using at any point in the next three weeks. If you see someone that you would rather use than David Johnson, I would, I'd be all for it. Um, I, I just, I don't think I'm going to feel, I, I wouldn't recommend you playing David Johnson in either of these three games. And they also do have Duke Johnson kind of healthy and playing well. So he's also in the mix. Um, so I think I'm comfortable with, with dumping David Johnson there. Um, so pick two in PPR out of James Robinson, Wayne Gallman, and Miles Gaskin, James Robinson, no question. Keep him in, locked and loaded. And then I'm going to put Wayne Gallman in there. Um, we still don't know if Miles Gaskin's going to play. Uh, let's just quick take a look. Is this a is this uh, Turner? Is this a rest of season schedule, or is this for just this week? Because uh, I'm curious. Let's see. The Dolphins end up playing. Dolphins play the Bengals this weekend. So if if Miles Gaskin. Um, does come back i wouldn't expect us to to get a full miles gaskin workload that we saw earlier in the season typically when a player is coming back from injury and i think the, the the best way to put this is last night we if you guys were watching the seahawks game and if any of you guys start chris carson you probably know what i'm going to say next uh but essentially they're not going to rush a player back into 
his full old workload. So we saw Carlos Hyde get the volume last night, and we also saw him out snap Chris Carson. So if Gaskin does come back, I am a little bit worried about his total snap share and the amount of touches they're willing to give him. Um, so I'm going to continue to roll with James Robinson, who is a top five running back, I think, for the rest of the season. And then Wayne Gallman, just because, I mean, he's getting the volume. I know it's a, a much better Seattle defense, but I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, uh, the guy that they just traded for, Carlos Dunlap, now has a foot injury. He's getting an MRI on that today, so we'll have some news hopefully tomorrow. So the Seahawks defense, it was looking a little better, uh, but now they might be without their best pass rusher. So I think I'm going to continue to roll with James Robinson and Wayne Gallman uh, right there. So if I'm losing and put Davis pick, put in Davis, pick two of my running backs for some context in my latest question. So if I'm losing and put in Davis, put two of my running backs for some context. Um, now I'm confused. So if I'm losing and put in Davis, pick two of my running backs for some context in my last question. Uh, I'm still confused here, but I'm still going to continue with James Robinson. Um, I think for sure, if you, if you do end up playing Corey Davis, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to continue with Robinson and Gallman. And, uh, I'd like to see some more from Miles Gaskin first, even if it's first game back, I'm excited to see him, but I think just because they have a lot of running backs and, uh, it's, it's not really clear how they want to use the running backs. I think I'm going to wait to use Miles Gaskin for at least one game. Um, so Fabian asked at least, uh, Karen got us a TD. Uh, is that Carlos? Uh, oh no, that, that was Carson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Carlo, uh, Chris Carson ended up with the touchdown. I think as the season goes on though, we're going to see Chris Carson slowly start to, to wrestle his way back towards the top of the, uh, the, the snap chart and the attempts and everything, but, um, pretty good, pretty interesting game from Seattle last night. We're going to see them probably focus more on the run as the season goes on. So as long as, I mean, as, I think you still got to keep rolling out Russell Wilson. You're still going to roll out DK Metcalf. You're still going to roll out Tyler Lockett. But all of a sudden, this looks like a team that wants to run the ball as it gets colder. And they're going to have a good opportunity to do that against the Giants. So uh, keep the questions rolling here. We're going on about 46 minutes. I don't mind hanging out maybe another four or five minutes here. I haven't exactly finished all of the waiver wire report. Uh, but again, if you guys, like, I'm going to be hanging out tomorrow night at six o'clock. I'm probably going to go over most of these wide receivers and uh, the waiver wire report again tomorrow night. Maybe we'll read some news. Maybe we'll just kind of hop to that right now and we'll save, you know, some of these tight ends and some things like that. So we're just going to kind of just pop over to the Roto world. Uh, if you missed it at the beginning of the show here. All right. So here's a news blurb on David Johnson. So we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at this. Um, so he's eligible to return. Um, they're hopeful it will happen, but it's not a guarantee that he will play just because a player is eligible to return doesn't mean they're going to um, they're going to activate him. I mean, Miles Gaskin was eligible last weekend and they didn't activate him. So even though he's eligible, we'll see about that. I don't like that. It was like a concussion holds you up for three weeks. I don't like that with David Johnson and this whole Houston team has me pretty nervous. So I'm not feeling good about that. Interesting note here on Dalvin Cook saying uh, offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak is saying he's just kind of beat up right now. Um, so that's, uh, he's, he kind of scared me in that third quarter when he left the game for a little bit. So if you're relying on Delvin cook, I would make sure if you don't have Alexander Madison, just make sure your running back stable is stocked and ready to go. Cause it would, uh, it would not be fun to lose Dalvin cook towards the fantasy championship. Uh, just some, some court stuff for Antonio Brown here. Just kind of looking around here. 
Um, so here's an interesting note. If you guys do need tight ends, and we're trying to figure out who's going to be the next man up in Houston, right, with, with Wolf Fuller leaving behind all these snaps, all these touches, all these touchdowns, I do think the Titans or the Texans could have more tight end action here. So uh, the Athletics' Aaron Reese expects Texans tight end Jordan Aikens to get more snaps out of the slot, uh, which is interesting to me. I've been a big Jordan Aikens fan. It's just been really inconsistent this year. So this little blurb notes that Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, all these guys are out. So basically all the Texans have is Brandon Cooks, Kiki Cutie, and uh, a rookie receiver here. So I think we're going to see more tight ends down the way if you need help at this position jordan akins is worth a stash you don't i'm not saying to start him right away um but i mean if he comes out next week and gets like seven eight targets we're on to something so that's kind of what i'm looking for i like to always be like a week ahead on a guy and uh if, if we're if it looks like a player is getting more touches it's better to be a week ahead so jordan akins file that away for your tight end situation let me get to this question real quick here from Turner Hare. Should we pick up Debo Samuel, Jarvis Landry, or Jacoby Myers? Debo Samuel, if you can get Debo, I'm super, super excited about Debo Samuel. I think the 49ers are uh, – people are sleeping on the 49ers right now. They just got – last week, they just got – they had their bye week the week before. They come back. They get Richard Sherman. They get Raheem Mostert. They get Debo back. This week, they're also getting Brandon Ayuk, and I could argue that that actually helps Debo Samuel. Because now uh, not all the attention gets to go to Debo. So I'm, I'm super pumped. If you can get Debo Samuel, uh, I would definitely rank him first. I mean, the dude had 13 targets last weekend, uh, 11 for 133 yards. I know Landry uh, looks attractive because of what he did last week. But I don't know if I trust Landry. It's a really low volume passing offense. And uh, he's really only done it once this season. Landry just popped off last week. Whereas Debo, when he's been healthy... Debo's been a good play. So I, I think I'd rank them Debo Samuel first. Um, and then I guess Landry, Jacoby Myers, I kind of feel the same about both guys. Probably Jacoby has a little bit higher floor. If you like the consistency, I'd go Jacoby. If you want the more uh, the more boom, the more bang for your buck, maybe Landry. But definitely go get Debo if you can. I think he's the guy that I'm highest on uh, for sure. So Sports Dog 1000. So we're on an 18 PPR league. And right now we're eight and four. Our quarterback is Justin Herbert, and we'd like to add a backup QB Cousins. I have a first spot on waivers. Any other you might recommend? As far as quarterbacks, um, um, so I'm assuming like the top like twelve or like maybe the top like ten or twelve quarterbacks are gone in an eighteen league. You got Justin Herbert. I'd like to add a backup quarterback. So let's just see what the the Vikings schedule is the rest of the way. I'm not excited about Kirk Cousins. Um, essentially, I mean, you're probably going to leave Justin Herbert as your starter the rest of the way. And this is more of just like a, a, a just an injury hedge for if anything were to happen. But we see Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, they've been getting lit up in the secondary. But then you play Chicago and New Orleans. Uh, again, Chicago just got lit up by Green Bay the other night too. So anything can happen. Um, but I think I'm I'm only interested in Kirk Cousins if you're going to start him against Jacksonville. I think Tampa Bay, Chicago, New Orleans, those games are all kind of – I don't really feel great about it. Um, let me just kind of pull up um, – here. I'm trying to think of what the best way to look at this here. So Sports Dog wants a quarterback. We're going to assume that the top eight or ten guys are all gone. Um, so basically, 
you know, Mahomes, Wilson, Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar, Watson, Rogers. I'm sure Brady's gone. Matt Ryan. Is Ben Roethlisberger available? Is is Matthew Stafford? Is Ryan Tannehill available? I think Ryan Tannehill would interest me quite a bit. He's Tannehill's schedule the next few games. Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit, and Green Bay. Uh, I think if Ryan Tannehill's available, that would be the one guy that I think I have the most. Cleveland or the Tennessee offense right now, Derrick Henry is rolling. I know he could get some touchdowns, but we did see Tannehill rush for a touchdown. A.J. Brown is as hot as any receiver in the league right now. Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, I really think uh, the Titans offense excites me quite a bit. And Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit, and Green Bay. So, Sport Dog, if Ryan Tannehill is available, I think that would be the guy that uh, I, I really, really like. Um, I guess let me know if, if Tannehill isn't available there. Mm, I'm, I'm sure someone already scooped up Taysom Hill. Uh, if you had to, maybe, I mean, Jared Goff, I, I don't know. I think I, I'm going to bank on, on Ryan Tannehill being available. Phillip Rivers, uh, that was a good comment there from Turner. He does play Houston, Las Vegas, Houston. I, I think Phillip Rivers is as safe as they come right now. He's been pretty good for at least 300 yards-ish and a touchdown or two. Um, so I would rank them. Uh, but then again, like Kirk Cousins, I would really only use him against Jacksonville. Tampa Bay, Chicago, New Orleans, that presents a little bit of a problem. Um, but uh, for sure – Ryan Tannehill and Philip Rivers would probably be my favorite guys. If you had to get Kirk Cousins, I just, I just, I don't know if I see that much usage for him, especially against Tampa Bay, Chicago, New Orleans. That makes me a little bit nervous for him there. Um, so Turner wants to know: Should we play Tunyon, Gronk, Rudolph, or Dallas Goddard? Um, I'm, I'm a huge. You're probably not going to find another Dallas Goddard fan as big as me. He's been one of my favorite guys to come out even ever since he got drafted by the Eagles. Uh, and even though Zach Ertz is going to be coming back, I I mean, Dallas Goddard played 100% of the snaps last night. They're not going to let him uh, get off the field even though Zach Ertz is back. So uh, I'm, I'm most excited about Dallas Goddard because he is the most consistent. And as we saw, if you watched the game last night, uh, I really think that I mean, he's he's kind of matchup proof and he led the team in targets. I think he had 10 targets, seven catches for 70 some yards and a touchdown. That's the second week in a row that he's gotten 70 yards and a touchdown. So I'm a, I'm a huge Goddard fan if you like safety. Otherwise, Robert Tunyon is playing some really good football right now for Green Bay. If we quick, um, I just, I'm just curious about schedule this weekend. Um, so Tunyon, where is Roberto? Roberto Tunyon playing against Philadelphia this week. Um, it's kind of a toss-up. I do think Green Bay is going to be able to kind of do what they want uh, on offense, but uh, I, I also think Dallas Goddard's probably – I mean, just based on game scripts, I think Chris or Carson Wentz is going to have to continue to throw. So I think I'm going to go with Goddard, um, but I, I wouldn't blame you if it's Tunyon. I think I'm going to rule out Gronk and Rudolph – and uh, as long as your decision's between Goddard or Tunyon, I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, so is Debo Samuel a better flex play than Corey Davis? I feel more, I feel much more safe with Debo Samuel in my lineup. Uh, I get that, um, I get that Corey Davis is a very good player, but he's also he's kind of the second receiver in that offense. Whereas Debo Samuel is, he, he's the best receiver on the field for for the 49ers here. And uh, if you look at what, I mean, this is what he did last week. The last three games that he's played, he's been a pretty good receiver. 
uh, five for 65, six for 66. He seems to be the safest tight or the safest of the group here. And then uh, the first couple games here wasn't the greatest, but he was also coming back from injury. But uh, he's hot right now. I would continue to roll with him. And uh, he's healthy, he's fast, and uh, he's got a pretty decent matchup this weekend going up against Buffalo. In a game where I think Buffalo is going to probably put up some points, might have to see Debo Samuel kind of keep up with the with the passing game there. So, yeah, maybe Phillip Rivers is a really good call there for Sport Dog. Uh, I like Tannehill. I like Phillip Rivers. I think either of those guys, I, I would think I would take over Kirk Cousins here. So is Cam Newton a good matchup versus the Chargers uh, with Tomas Brady on by? So Cam Newton, I when you start Cam Newton, you know – you know we're not starting him for his passing ability. We're starting him because he can get rushing touchdowns, right? Um, so let's take a look at what the Chargers are doing, uh, allowing quarterback points here. Um, so if we just filter this. The Los Angeles Chargers, are the, they are the eighth worst against quarterback, about 19.3 points. Uh, they have given up four rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks, about 190 yards. Uh, I'm just curious to see what kind of quarterbacks have been successful against them. So basically every quarterback has scored more than 14 points. Uh, Josh Allen, this would be a really similar game, I think, here. Uh, Josh Allen ended up, if you just look at Josh Allen's stats from last weekend, he throws for 150 yards, one touchdown, then he rushes nine for 32. So I, I don't love it. It's not a very good ceiling play. If you want to just punt and try to get, you know, your 12 to 15 points, Cam Newton's fine. Uh, but I, I, give me, if Tannehill's available, give me Tannehill. Uh, I think I would. I think I would play Philip Rivers over Cam Newton just from a safety standpoint. I, I just Patriots, man. I just I don't really trust it. So as uh, as Turner says here, Cam Newton is trash. Uh, he, he he can run the ball. I, that's, I'll give him that. But as far as quarterbacks, uh, I'm not exactly excited to get him into my lineup. So we're going on about 58 minutes here. I can. Uh, I'll answer one more question if you guys got it. One more question. Otherwise, I'm just going to see if there's any other news blurbs here. Uh, again, the Athletic for Houston confirms Kiki Cutie, the number two wide receiver. So if you need a receiver, uh, this could be the guy to snag off the waiver wire this week. Uh, and then if you missed the beginning of the show, uh, super excited. George Kittle has the opportunity to come back week 15 or 16 of this year. So if you're holding on to him, you've been stashing him in the IR there's a chance we can win a championship with George Kittle week 15 and week 16. Um, uh, the Quan Treadwell got pulled up because Olamide Zacchaeus headed to IR. So whatever here. Uh, and then I did note here that the Seahawks defense with Carlos Dunlap, he's undergoing an MRI about his foot. We'll see what happens there. Uh, let's just read through one more page of notes here. Brandon Ayuk was activated from the COVID list. So I still really like Debo Samuel, even if Brandon Ayuk comes back, because I just think the more better players you have on the field, the less the defense can focus on a guy like Debo. Uh, and if Brandon Ayuk's on the opposite side of the field, that just makes them play you straight up a little bit. So I think Debo, Ayuk, both these guys are really good plays, but I love if you can get Debo in your lineup, I think that's that's what I would like to do as a wide receiver three or a flex. Um just some notes on last night's game. Jacob Hollister led the, the team in tight end routes, and he also had five targets. So if you need a tight end, maybe Jacob Hollister. I don't know. Um, but uh, I don't know. We're, and then we're kind of just going over game notes from last night. So I think we're going on about an hour live here. I'm going to cut it off on this one. 
I will be back tomorrow night again, same time, six o'clock. Uh, bring more questions, bring whatever else you guys need. I'll be kind of just, I don't know, doing the same thing. We're just going to kind of look over the news and notes. We'll we'll, we'll kind of talk probably a little bit about the Baltimore and the Steelers game. Uh, that game should just be finishing up as I go live. So uh, for now, I want to thank you guys for hanging out in the chat room. We had a lot of good, uh, good, good talking here with Fabian, with Turner, Sport Dog 1000, Harris YT. Um, I think I got everybody in there. So, yeah, thank you guys for your help in the comments. Thank you for your time, most importantly. I want uh, everyone to have a good night, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll hang out another time. Peace.